we'd like to welcome you to our emergency freedom alerts for November 6, 2023. I'll go ahead and start us off with the prayer to neutralize occult rituals. These are just the rotating warfare prayers. I pray a different one every week, rotating four different ones. Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth, seated at the right hand of the Father, we come in the authority given to us in Christ Jesus. We place a hedge of warring angels with flaming swords of fire around us and our families continuously. We put on the whole armor of God. We resist and renounce Satan, the God of this earth. We rise to war by the power of the Holy Spirit against witchcraft, occult maneuvers, and devices sent against your will in the body of Christ. We ask for you to dispatch legions of warring angels in full battle array to enforce our petitions and intercessory prayers. Rout your enemies on all fronts, O Lord. Turn their hatred, anger, accusations, conflict, arrogance, and wicked schemes upon themselves so that they might be caught in their own snares and fall into the pits that they have intended for others. We nullify, cancel, and oppose every satanic operation, scheme, maneuver, and strategy. Cause secret plans, agendas, and motivations of the enemy to be revealed for everyone to see. We decree and declare what these evil people and entities meant for evil. You will turn it around and use it for the good of your people. We close every evil portal that has been opened by them. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in his shed blood, we break and cancel every curse, spell, hex, vex, charm, enchantment, decree spoken or unspoken, sent against the body of Christ, the innocent, and your intercessors by every witch, warlock, satanist, sorcerer, voodoo, priest, shaman, soothsayer, medium, coven, and every minion of the devil working iniquity. May they fall into the very pits they have dug for others. Lord Jesus, reveal your love to them, save those that can be saved, show them the truth about who they're serving and their eternal destination if they continue in their present path. Open their minds and ears and eyes to receive supernatural insight and knowledge to understand the truth of the gospel. Bring them to salvation. We seal this prayer by the blood of the Lamb, and in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Oh, I'm sorry to even announce the title here. This is Demonic uh, Islamic Jihad Set to Ignite in America. This is... Uh, one of the main spokespersons, I think the main spokesperson for uh, Hezbollah, and um, he is making an announcement to the Islamic world regarding everything that's been going on here. Let me just back this up just a little bit. I assure you, many resistance fighters have infiltrated and many will continue to infiltrate. State-sponsored terrorism is crossing our border. Sponsored. Now he says many resistance fighters have infiltrated and they will continue to infiltrate. And again, this is, uh, again, been going on for decades in America. They're talking about how the border's open right now. <laughs> Guys, like I've been reporting for so long, this has been going on for decades. And it's been under the sanction of our own government. Our own government knows about these things. And they have basically taken a hands-off approach. And this has been going on for decades. For the eventuality of what is coming because this will be one of the main tools they will use to bring about the new world new world order out of the chaos of the old world order that has to be burned down like the phoenix rising out of his, out of its own ashes in order to bring in the new world order this will be a very convenient thing to blame everything on and they're all more than willing to do this they're all more than willing to be suicide bombers and commit jihad and rape steal kill and do what they do over in the middle east and in africa and where they wherever they dominate they're they're all the more happy to do this but i believe this will be one of the main tools used to probably most likely bring about martial law to usher out the old world order burn that down bring in the new world order under the guise under the excuse of this that our own government sanctioned 
and let happen. These Muslim terror cell uh, camps that have been operating on our soil, where there are basically no-go zones, where our own government doesn't even go in there. Again, I've reported on these for years. Like I had said before, it was the first presentation I ever did in a church over 20 years ago, was this exact subject. How the the Islamic sleeper cells were all ready to go, frothing at the mouth, chomping at the bit, to get this going. Can you imagine how much more so they are now? How much more so, you know, demonically filled with hatred to get this show on the road. And that's not even talking about all the other factions that they've let pour into the country and all the agendas afoot with the Chinese and with the MS-13 and the uh, Mexican and Central American gangs and... I mean, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, the lesbian, gay, bisexual agenda. I I mean, and then so many governments behind in funding these different factions. But this will be one of the main ones. The United States, the United Nations, and countries that traditionally sponsor terror. The reality is that the terrorism threat has been elevated throughout 2023, but the ongoing war in the Middle East has raised the threat of an attack. This is Homeland Security Threats and Christopher Wray, FBI director, he's talking about this subject. Has raised the threat of an attack against Americans in the United States to a whole nother level. Ladies and gentlemen, this... We're letting all this happen by itself. Just like Israel stood down and let Hamas come over the border. And then, you know, that was widely reported by their own military, the ones that they're probably all assassinated by now, that did speak out. I played you some of the videos regarding that. And then that gave them the justification then to go into Palestine and, you know, all the rigmarole that's going on with that right now. So there, there's evil at play on both sides here, okay? And again, I've tried to have a balanced approach in this whole thing, but Islamic inherent hatred is baked into their religion it is part of their doctrine to literally kill the jews and christians that is part of their and i'm not saying that's not in talmudic and kabbalistic doctrine for the zionistic jews as well because it is there to kill and all the blasphemous things they say about jesus that i've reported on over and i've reported on both sides the wicked evil zionistic talmud loving kabbalah practicing um jewish elite that are basically in control 13 families of the illuminati are mostly composed of that but i've also talked a lot about the opposite side the islamic part and and there's extreme extreme wickedness on both sides is happening now this is an emergency situation the globalists are manipulating us from behind the scenes to bring in a global crisis so biden can cancel the election and they can use the war as the pretext for claiming that that's why the economy has imploded so the globalists don't get the blame they can be the saviors and bring in their new central bank digital currency the esgs and more and again this is a big picture video i'm not i'm not authorizing alex jones or greg reese they're, the wicked, evil, new age agenda they're pushing is going to bring a lot of their listeners into absolute hellfire if they follow these people. But this is a good synopsis of what we're talking about here. Not just Hamas. As the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism, the Iranians, for instance, have directly or by hiring criminals mounted assassination attempts against dissidents and high-ranking current and former U.S. government officials including right here on American soil. I was like, wow, 
So, so these. Zemeckis... This is a lady that was um, evidently Mashish Anajad, author and activist, and I guess she was. They attempted to kidnap her, of the Iranians. Public is that close to me, even here. In Brooklyn, and this is the nature of the Islamic Republic: kidnapping their dissidents and executing them. Right. The cyber targeting of American interests and critical infrastructure that we already see conducted by Iran and non-state actors alike, we can expect to get worse if the conflict expands, as will the threat of kinetic attacks. What new tactics? And it's so ironic because he's talking about this problem that our government is willingly and openly and has for decades been letting flourish and happen and promote and bring over and let in i mean but again problem reaction solution they create the problem so then they can give you the the ultimate solution and again it's going to be order out of chaos do hackers have up their sleeves will they use more ransomware to hold data hostage or cyber spying and espionage to access secret information and more importantly is the u.s actually prepared to defend itself Al-Qaeda issued its most specific call to attack the United States in the last five years. ISIS urged its followers to target Jewish communities in the United States and Europe. Hezbollah has publicly expressed its support for Hamas and threatened to attack U.S. interests. Well, at the end of the day, and this is what I've always tried to emphasize, at the end of the day, it's, it's part of the religion. It's what the Quran tells them to do, kill and slay the infidel, particularly the Christians and the Jews. And then, you know, then if you provoke them, okay, then they're going to only be more enraged. So, and they, obviously a lot has been done to poke that hornet's nest. So, you know, this is where, where we're at right now uh, from a world uh, type of uh, overview. Middle East. Here in the United States, our most immediate concern is that violent extremists, individuals or small groups, will draw inspiration from the events in the Middle East to carry out attacks against Americans going about their daily lives. That includes not just homegrown violent extremists inspired by a foreign terrorist organization, but also domestic violent extremists targeting Jewish or Muslim communities. If you count both terms of the Obama administration. Okay, so this is Senator James Langford, Republican from Oklahoma. The Trump administration, that was six million people that illegally crossed the border. Under this president, in less than three years, not 12, in less than three, we now have had more than six million people illegally cross the border. Your job be and again, any of this could have been stopped at any particular time. You know, it, like locking down the border from a United States standpoint is not that hard to do. Okay. But again, they're letting it happen. I saw a video the other day where there's a, it was the border fence and they were filming it and the border patrol was right there. And they had a, they had moved a, our guys had moved a um, border patrol evidently, or at least they sanctioned it had moved a, uh, oh, it's kind of like the, those little things that I don't know if they call a front end loader, um, that moved pallets around and they had moved the forks underneath the fence and lifted it up. So all these people were just flowing in hundreds at a time, right under that one spot in the fence. And that was just this last week. And they've been doing this by design on purpose to create and destabilize this country and to ultimately bring about America into its death throes. And 
these people are going to be activated somewhere. I'm not saying every single person coming across the border is a jihadist, obviously, but what they're doing is just flooding our country. They're getting um, all kind. They're getting these EBT debit cards where they're getting all this money for doing nothing to be here. Meanwhile, our own citizenry are dying in the streets of homelessness, and they're out of jobs, and they can't. You know, everything's tanking. But they're making sure that as if as long as they can keep the printing press going, that these people are gonna. I mean, it's a, it's one of the ways they can incentivize them staying here. I mean, if they came across the border and then they were in a destitute situation where they're like, well, we're worse here than we were back at well, then they're gonna probably be leaving and then they're gonna tell other people don't go there because there's nothing, you know, there for you. But no, no, they want to incentivize this wickedness and this evil. Okay, so they could ultimately destabilize. I mean, even our area, I'm in like the foothills of North Carolina and my daughter goes to any of the, these, some of these local stores and to shop and it's like they're being taken over with illegals. It's like you go in there and it's all illegals and it wasn't like that before. And we're way up in the country and we're not even a major city and this is happening. So if it's happening here, we're, and we're going to talk more about that today. Um, and these these people get sit around and they pontificate and act like they're so concerned. And they're when the reality is is they're all part of the problem. They're letting all of this happen, but they want to feign like they care. They want to feign like oh we're we're going to do something when the border's wide open. When all this is a plan to destroy this country. Easier if, if this year we hadn't encountered actually encountered 169 people. On the terror watch list. Now, Mr. Secretary, I want a, a number. How many people have you led into this country? I, I should also How, uh, Okay, let, I'll, I'll give you the number. It's about 6 million. About 1.7 million as known gotaways. Now, again, we don't know who these people are. We just know that they've yeah, come. Yeah, here's that, that video footage of the front-end loader lifting up a bob wire. I mean, we're talking concertina wire, bob wire fence. Um, so that all these illegals can go underneath the fence. Border patrols right there. All this is happening. I mean, these people should all be turned away at the border. They're here illegally. They're called illegal aliens. They're here illegally. They're here to destroy this country and to suck the resources out. And a, a very large portion, a very good portion of them are fighting age male men that are going to be here and probably wage jihad. They're going to be you know, uh, waging war on American citizens. And some of them, I, I really do believe, will be used by the New World Order to actually be their policemen. Because they already have a, an inherent hatred of this country, a lot of them anyway. And so they're not here for um, wonderful intentions and <laughs> they're just here to destroy the country, really. Country and they're residing somewhere. Senator, you speak of encounters, and let me. Um, no, let me share would you with answer you, my questions? Where did these six million people go? Are you keeping track of them? To what extent do we have a handle on where these six million people are in America? Senator, as you well know, this is such a joke. I mean, all of it is such a dog and pony show joke. They don't care. They're they're, they're again all by design on purpose with the express purpose consent of destroying this country and everybody's going to play their part and with these illegal alien uh hordes that are that are invading our country 
when an individual is indeed released. They are released into immigration enforcement proceedings and are subject to removal if they do not have a legal basis to remain in the United States. You're not answering the question. Where, where, are the, where do these people reside? Okay, so let's segue into this. Domestic terror attacks imminent as millions of terrorists wait for signal to launch assault U.S. intel analyst wars. And again, it is an absolute miracle this hasn't occurred sooner. But, you know, from a satanic standpoint, they want to make sure they have all their their demonic ducks in a row so that when they when they really finally pull the green light when when these groups are greenlit and i believe it's going to be all the same well not all the same but all these different various and sundry groups greenlit at the same time to go and wage war because that will bring the ultimate order out of chaos that will bring the ultimate you know um order again we're out of chaos to america um they're just waiting in the wings and they are by the day increasing their numbers their fifth column sleeper cell troops that are just waiting to get greenlit that's what this is all about tony serga a self-described 39 year old intelligent analyst intelligence analyst who has worked with the cia nsa and countless others issued a dire warning uh to americans uh via x formerly twitter on tuesday and here's what he said the post, this post will be attacked by, by the left, the Marxists, the trolls, Antifa, BLM, even the intelligence community. I'm a 39-year-old intelligence analyst, and my team's clients include the U.S. government, British government, Israeli government, Saudi Arabian government. Intelligence is never perfect. It's messy, messy business. Rarely, I can guarantee the intelligence, but many times just releasing some of this intelligence can stop a false flag or a genuine attack from occurring. Right. But with as close to 100% confidence as possible, he's basically saying there will be multiple terrorist attacks in the U.S. The attacks will come in waves for the next 14 months. Hundreds of thousands of CCP, uh, Communist Chinese Party, saboteurs trained to attack. And I wasn't even talking about the Chinese so much, but there's tons and tons and tons of Chinese uh, age fighting men coming across the border. Uh it's uh, Michael Yan said something about that the other day. He said these guys that are coming over from China, uh, some of them, a group that he encountered when they had went into this place to stay, they had inquired about getting these chickens or something. And the reason is, is there's some kind of one sect of this Chinese thing that, um, I don't know, it's some military arm they will drink the blood of animals before they go in and do whatever they're going to do. And they wanted these chickens so that they could sacrifice them and drink their blood prior to evidently coming into the U.S. I mean, this is the kind of sick garbage and soulless stuff that some of these people are involved in. And I mean, we are talking the worst of the worst as far as Central America, um, Mexican uh, people from other countries, the gang members that are coming here, the worst. I mean, these people have no problem killing, stealing, slaying, raping, pillaging, okay? Again, I'm not trying to put you into a spirit of fear, but I have to also warn you about what what is coming into the country, what has been coming into the country. I understand the Lord Jesus Christ is bigger than all of this, but if nothing else, to pray about this and to ask for wisdom, understanding, and knowledge 
Um, the Bible says the prudent man foreseeth the evil and hideth himself, but the simple pass on and are punished. And we're not to be ignorant of Satan's devices. Why? Lest he get an advantage of us. And this is definitely one of Satan's devices. This is one of the main 900 pound gorilla Satan's devices that are coming into this country right now and has been for decades. And we don't want to be destroyed for lack of knowledge too, according to Hosea 4.6. So um, the CCP saboteurs trained to attack our electrical grid, poison our water supply, destroy our rail railways and main highway arteries. Additionally, at least 1 million, possibly 2 million terrorists already are already here from Palestine, uh, Palestine, Yemen, Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, Qatar, um, that they call Qatar now, but I always knew it was Qatar, uh, Lebanon, Iran, Somalia, etc., etc. And they're extremely well-funded. And get this, the Biden administration working with the UN has given them debit cards that are reloaded every month. Okay. Well, I, I, the one lady, Ann Vandersteel, said it's $1,900. $1,900 per month. And it, can you imagine if they come across and in their, in their, they stick together... Well, that could go a long way. And I understand the economy's taking, but, you know, a lot of people aren't even, they don't even have a job now. I mean, the job market's just going down and down and down and down. I just saw those numbers. Um, and that's all by design, too. Below are links to three articles on, it's called Hezbollah Unit 910, a sleeper cell already in the U.S. It's not like they're not here and we don't know where they are. Our government knows exactly where they are, but they've had this hands-off approach for years about these sleeper cells, and they're usually way back in the woods, and what will happen is, and people that have observed them, the cops are told hands-off. No, you just leave them alone. They, they're, they're, they're here for, again, to be used at a future date. These sleeper cells, they're here to infiltrate. They've been here for a long time. I talked about the ones in the, in the mountains of North Carolina, not too far from where I'm at. I've talked about them. And that the local cops are told, don't mess with them. And when they're observed, what happens is, is you'll see like a fresh car load or van load or multiple van loads of budding terrorists going into these compounds, being trained, and then leaving maybe two, three, maybe a month later or whatever, and the new ones coming in. And this is where they're being trained. And then they go out and they assimilate into, into the um, communities and probably, you know, it's like, know your enemy type of thing. That's been going on for decades. And our government knows full well, and they're sanctioning it. And now they're giving them preloaded debit cards. Okay. Meanwhile, our own our own Americans are dying in the streets. They they're jobless. They don't have you know. They're doing everything they can do to destroy us with the COVID shots and, and all the other things that they're doing. So that's what's going on. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, so. Hezbollah 910 is a sleeper cell already in the U.S. awaiting the green light from Persia to launch attacks. This is just one, and it's probably all going to hinge on what's going on over in the Middle East. Okay, and that'll be the excuse, the pretext, the whole nine yards. In order, when those attacks start, it'll make a lot of sense to everybody here. And, oh, well, okay, I get it. You know, what I mean, you know, even though we've let them all in and we've sanctioned it and we've given them preloaded debit cards and we've given them a nice little pat on the head and we've left them alone for decades, you know. So, um, this is just one of hundreds of these types of groups here to destroy America. Can you imagine if they're all activated at the same time? You talk about Mad Max scenario overnight. Our local the police our local police departments are not trained in this. And this will be all the excuse they need to bring in the blue hats 
and martial law. Built in. Built in excuse. Todd Bresden led counterterrorism intelligence for the Texas Department of Public Safety's Intelligence and Counterterrorism Division and its multi-agency fusion center. Read his reports. The first one is part one um, of Hezbollah's 910 unit. It's, it's unit 910. I, I guess that's their number in America. Recruitment, targeting of Jews, and building a doorman. That's the name of the thing. I give you a link to that. I don't have time to go into all these, but this is three different reports by Todd Benzman, this guy that's an expert on the subject. Part two of Hezbollah's 910 in America. Um, this was a treasure hunt for fake docks, weapons, and explosives. And then part three, Hezbollah's clandestine terror wing in America in the Michigan mystery, because Michigan is a hotbed for where uh, these terrorists are really, a lot of them are set up. I mean, there's whole places in Michigan like Dearborn and stuff. And they're, you know, it's like parts of Europe where they're like no-go to no-go areas where, you know, you don't even go because, um, you're afraid you're going to get killed by a Muslim if you go in there. So, um, I give you all the links to all of these here. Now I've done several, several studies on this as well. I'm just going to give you a couple and just give you the table of contents that are pertinent to this subject. One I did was on 5:13 of year 2019, so that was a little over 4 years ago, part 2. Table of contents. Strike coming, sleepers in place, means these Islamic sleeper cells that the hit list, the massive firepower in route. Muslim sleeper cells, they are all around us. Then, why a war against Iran may bring bloody terror all across America. And Iran is really commingled with Hezbollah. Hezbollah and Iran are like the same type thing. Um, and they're the ones, you know, very, very, very close to um, attacking at this point out of their own mouths. We're going to talk about the day today as well. Iranian sleeper cells are already here. Some embedded for decades, poised to launch large-scale terror attacks. Experts warn Iran may also use Latin American countries as a launching pad to attack America. Then, U.S. intelligence officials, Iranian sleeper cells ready to attack in 2019. And that was, you know, you could go back 2009, they were ready to attack. Um, uh, 1999. Now, granted, they wouldn't have been near as well positioned as they are now. Okay, but yes, they could have done it, but... From a logistical standpoint, they weren't near as ready as they would be right now, especially since the border's been so wide open for so long. Then FBI uncovers radical Islamic compound in Alabama. Uh, then Muslims patrolling the streets of New York City in their own squad cars. Yeah, that was in 2019. Residents are alarmed. There are now approximately 800,000 Muslims living in New York City alone. And again, that was 2019. That is about 22% of the total population of Muslims in all America, which is about 3.7 million, and who knows what that statistic is now. Again, when they come here illegally, it's, it's pretty tough to get a real head count. Then, massive fifth column forces have infiltrated the United States and are ready to attack. Then I did another study on 819 of 18. So again, we're going back, you know, five-ish years. Chinese fifth column troops in Colorado. This is table of contents. Then, what are the Chinese troops doing in Mexico? Next one. Iranian general is ready for jihad. Uh, Post-White House explosion. Meaning it was a simulated White House explosion. Which is what they want. Then, sleeper cells. Hibernating in the USA. Pre-positioned for attack. 
then watch Muslims attempt to force Christians in America to submit to Sharia law because that will be, you know, if you give those devils an inch, that's what they always do. They're they're very merciless in that regard. So in September, multiple videos were shot, and we're going back to the main report here. In September, multiple videos were shot by border border reporter Anthony Aguero, showing hordes of hordes of military aged men from Senegal, Nepal. Ecuador, Bangladesh, and other nations heading to places like New York, Chicago, New Jersey, and more cities across the U.S. Um, and this is his post. El Paso, Texas is sending them. So this is a video out of El Paso, Texas. And it says El, El Paso, Texas is sending them. These are all illegals. They're all lined up getting ready to go on tour buses, it looks like. They're sending them to New York um, and whole bunch of other places and it's not just governor greg abbott um he said new york city they're heading your way um el paso governor has rented hundreds of hotel rooms for these individuals and not one homeless american has been accommodated of course not of course not over seventy-five thousand special illegal aliens have been released into the country i'm going to go ahead and just play some of this video here and, and again, I'll just describe you what's going on. I'm not going to play a lot of this, but it's just right out in the open that they're doing this stuff. This is right on X, and I'm going to unmute this. Okay, so it's showing a big, it's at night, and there are all these illegal aliens lined up at night in single file line, and they're getting on to, I think, different buses. And this one guy is talking to them in i believe um uh, spanish as they're getting on these buses and asking them where they're going okay so oregon chicago 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 so uh, these first ones are, are going to oregon and chicago this is the absolute plain destruction of the United States. And, and here you're just seeing it, just a little part of it happening in real time. And sending these illegal marauding alien invaders into these different countries to only do, do God knows what. If nothing else, to totally deplete our resources. Two, 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 two. Chicago. Chicago. So you're they're saying Chicago. Denver. So they're saying Denver. Chicago también. Chicago. Chicago. Chicago también. Chicago. 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 Carolina del Norte, Nueva York. Nueva York, New York. So Chicago. now they're getting into more New York. Chicago, Chicago. Denver, Denver, Detroit, Detroit, Miami. So Denver, Detroit, Miami. Indiana, And they're all they're all legal age are are young fighting men. They're all that age, and you know they're they're um fighting age males. Every single one. There's not one woman that I've seen so far. And again, these will be the troops that will be um, either donning the, the blue hat. Maybe initially they'll be the ones carrying out a lot of the terror attacks 
And then they'll they'll swap out. I really believe at one point because they're working for the satanic government, they're, they're bringing them here. They're going to be used. It's not like they just want to bring them here just to whatever. And then at some point, then they'll say, okay, well, why don't you come? We, you did that part for us. Now, here's a blue hat. Here's a United Nations blue hat. And you be our, our military. So you created the chaos. We used you to create the chaos. And now we're going to use you to supposedly police the chaos. Now, I'm speculating there, but I, I, I do believe that dynamic will happen. Dallas. 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 Who? Chicago. Dallas. Dallas. Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Dallas Texas. Arizona. Arizona. Now, one woman or child, all um, like young fighting age male men. Everyone. Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Orlando, Florida. Orale. Atlanta. Atlanta. Dallas. Dallas. Chicago. 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 Chicago, New York, Chicago. I mean, it just goes on forever and ever. See, it's Chicago, just like, no, 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 it ends. Chicago, Nueva York, Nueva York. Anyway, so that's that's you know, there you go. There's just one spot of infiltration right out in the open. Not really trying to hide it. After arriving in the United States, the illegal masses are then often transported to the destination of their choice using American tax dollars. So they get to pick where they want to go. Wherever you want to go. Previous reporting shows Border Patrol letting illegals loose in San Diego. The report was um, watch new new uh, as Border Patrol mass releases hundreds of illegal migrant aliens to a street to a city street in San Diego as the CBP facilities are overcrowded. They ask the illegal alien, um, "It's no problem if you go to Chicago." It's no problem. Oh, no, the, the illegal alien says, it's no problem if I go to Chicago. He's saying this to the Border Patrol agent. And the Border Patrol agent then says, you can do whatever you want. You're free. These are Biden's buses that, that are doing this. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and play this. I mean, this is right on Fox News. Um, migrant surge overwhelming Border Patrol. I mean, but again, Border Patrol is letting them in over the border. I'm not saying all Border Patrol are bad, but, you know, a gigantic swath of them sure are. I mean, they're, we're just following orders. It's just like the, whatever, the Nazis in World War II or whatever, when they were just following orders, you know, kill everybody that, you know, doesn't go along with whatever they're doing or wasn't the right race or whatever. Look at this video out of San Diego yesterday afternoon. What you're looking at is three unmarked white Border Patrol buses. They pull up and they start releasing several hundred illegal immigrants to city streaks and sidewalks in San Diego across from a transit terminal. Uh, people were on this bus from as far away as China and Pakistan. And keep in mind, these buses are not from Texas. They're not Greg Abbott's buses. These are the Biden administration's buses. This is Border Patrol mass releasing people. You can see handfuls of them are standing around not knowing where they are, what to do, where to go next. And there was a remarkable exchange between one migrant and a Border Patrol agent as he asked the agent, hey, am I okay to travel to Chicago? And the agent says, yep, you're good to go. Take a listen. Said you're free to go, you're free to go and do whatever you want. You're free. You're free. You get to come here illegally and you get to do whatever you want for free and we'll give you a preloaded debit card and we'll sponsor your whole little illegal alien journey here. But when you're called upon ultimately to help us out 
killing off the gringos and killing off whatever undesirables the indigenous people here well you know you might want to work for us at that point i think that they'll if they if they don't already know that up front they'll they'll learn about that very quickly it's just sickening and these mass releases also taking place in Border Patrol's Tucson, Arizona sector. We shot this video in Sierra Vista, Arizona, yesterday afternoon. A Guatemalan family dropped off by Border Patrol in a Dollar Tree parking lot, just a random store parking lot. They didn't know where they were. They didn't know what to do. And the local sheriff out there says these mass street releases aren't fair to the community. They're not fair to the migrants. Take a listen. People come from all over the country to smuggle here, endanger this community, the citizens, and we've worked united to, to combat that. Then to find out yesterday that uh, CBP is doing street releases, as they call them, safe. There's nothing safe about it. Meanwhile, here in the state of Texas, Texas is trying to stand its own ground without the help of the federal government. The video you're looking at here in El Paso, as Texas National Guard soldiers continue to use razor wire and physical manpower to try to block large masses of migrants trying to enter the United States illegally. That group of migrants waiting in the Rio Grande, expecting to be led into the country, but the state of Texas blocking them. That again happening in El Paso. And back out here live, CBP sources tell Fox News that border... That's the nice little photo op they like to show to feign that they're really really trying trying hard like governor abbott meanwhile there's like you know <laughs> two or three hundred other places they're pouring across the border in texas that are not being filmed by the photo op like fox news type thing so again it's all dog and pony it's all lies this is all being done by design on purpose to ultimately annihilate and put the final nail in this country so that's what you're dealing with numbers for the month of August are going to be around 230,000 migrant encounters. That would be the highest number or the highest month for 2023 and would come at a time when the White House is claiming progress and quote, <laughs> stopping the flow here. Oh, it's progress. It's satanic progress. All right. Yeah, they're, they're progressing very, very nicely in their satanic agenda. 100%. Uh, so in New York, the large amount of illegal aliens overwhelming the Big Apple shelters are being offered free one-way tickets to anywhere in the world. I doubt it would be anywhere in the world, anywhere in the United States. One-way tickets, uh, New York City offers migrants free travel. Uh, then according to Serga's viral social media warning, the Biden administration working with the UN has given them... I mean, and this all starts way, way down in the, you know, the Darien Gap where Michael Young's reported on, where the UN encampments are down there. They're ushering them up here. They're busing them up here. They're putting them on trains. They're, um, these are sp sponsored by their, their various countries and probably by the UN as well in order to get them up here. Uh, they're being given travel kits and all kind of stuff, you know, in order to make their journey easier. And we've been reporting on that for for a very very long time as well okay so the biden administration working with the united nations has given them the illegals debit cards that are reloaded every month and ann vandersteel said it's 1900 a month okay i i'm assuming per per person uh which is just absolute insanity for being here illegally and breaking the law that's that's how you you get rewarded in america now the intel experts cited a texas counterism expert named todd benzman we just talked about earlier who has written the, about hezbollah's 910 unit 
um, reportedly embedded in America and is awaiting order attack orders from Iran. And Iran is foaming at the mouth because they're the ones in charge of Hezbollah. And again, a lot of it is determined upon what happens in the Gaza Strip. That seems to be the flashpoint for most likely World War III. Now, it could be wrong, but I, I haven't seen a better scenario for that to happen. Um, so far since I've been in ministry. Uh, Israel and Ukraine are just distractions from the great tyranny right here at home. America is about to be destroyed from within, Serga wrote. Israel and Ukraine are just distractions. Um, recent congressional testimony of the FBI Director Chris Ray warned that America is at high risk of d domestic terror attacks. The American deep state is prepared to either allow Iran to attack or say Iran attacked and predicted that the media won't point out that they bought brought all these illegal invaders in by the millions no of course they won't they won't they'll just ignore that point you know hundreds of thousands of military age men from the from the middle east from central america from mexico from south america and africa and elsewhere okay from asia too they're getting ready to make their move the biden administration's intentional neglect it's it's just like you know you can't think that they're not doing all of this stuff with some kind of end game that they've got planned they're not just bringing them here to play patty cake and just to, you know, just purely from the standpoint of, oh, we're just going to bring them in here to suck what little remaining resources out of the country. And, okay, that's part of it, but I don't think that's ultimately the end goal. Why would they be military-age fighting men? Why would so many of them be that? Okay. Well, I think you can understand. The Biden administration's intentional neglect of the southern border has put every American citizen... Eh, it, was all, it was every administration before that as well. I, you can say, oh, well, Trump did this or that. Okay. Might have been a little bit better under him. True. But, again, at the end of the day, they're all on the same, on the same team. It's Team Satan. Okay. Um, top World War Three Middle East headlines. And this is like just mainstream reports or whatever. Uh, Pro-Palestinian protesters worldwide. They're going nuts in the streets worldwide. Call for Israel's annihilation. They're not shy. Okay. Now, can you imagine if the Jews were marching? And I'm again, I'm not giving the Zionistic whatever people at the top of the food chain a pass. But can you imagine if Christians and Jews were locked arms and they were calling for the annihilation of Palestine? Can you imagine the absolute total global outrage? I just like to point out hypocrisy, you know, and Islam gets a free pass to do whatever they want to do. And they, and it seems like they always, always have, they can just basically rape, steal, kill, pillage, do whatever they want. And, you know, we're just supposed to look the other way. Marchers descend upon the white house, chanting chan chan Allah Akbar, which is basically what they say before they attack. Um, Hamas official, says that we will repeat October 7th again and again, meaning when Israel stood down, okay, and let these Hamas come in and kill, steal, rape, pillage in that brief time period and, and the Israeli, Israeli military stood down. I'm not saying everybody in the military is bad. I'm saying the people at the top that were giving the orders stood down in their own military. And I played the clips, said, yeah, this is ridiculous. We know if a cockroach comes under our fence, and there's no way that this could have happened in a coordinated way at this mass attack and us not know. They knew. They obviously knew. But again, this was to get us to where we're at because if World War III is the goal, and I do believe that probably is the goal, well, this is how we get there. And this is just from a 
global standpoint of what they're trying to accomplish. So they're uh, they're basically saying we're going to repeat October seventh again and again. You could you they could back out of Gaza right now and do it. It's not going to change their religious ideology of. And, and the main point of that is the absolute total annihilation of the Jews and the Christians and really all non-believers who they call infidels. Behead, kill, and slay the infidels is what the Quran tells them to do. Um, UN alarmed as Mideast war intensifies. Then these are just different headlines. FBI warns terror threat high. Then hatred of Jews surges. Next one, escalating militia attacks on American troops uh, risk washington um which risk a washington tehran confrontation then iran defense minister to the usa uh cease fire in gaza or you will be hit hard russia is now expanding its military in libya america splinters over the war because you got to pick a side you, you got got to pick a side you've either got to be on the palestinians you got to be on the jew side you, there's no in between i am trying to give you a balanced thirty thousand foot viewpoint of this whole situation here okay um, but yeah, you, you got it. It's always about right, left paradigm, a Coke, Pepsi. You got to pick a side. What team are you on? Okay. So that way I can war against that team and they can war against me and I can focus on the other team and not understand the puppet masters above that are actually pulling the strings for this whole thing. Um, so I'm trying to, so I've tried to do with this ministry is, is really look at the, um, puppet masters for these things. What is the satanic agenda? For these things so going further uh idf ground operation intensifies then israeli minister amelie elayahu says dropping a nuke on gaza is an option so you've got all kind of inflammatory rhetoric on both sides of this on hamas on hezbollah in the muslim world the jewish world you've got all kind of super super inflammatory rhetoric coming from both sides okay then erdogan which the Turkish president cuts ties with Netanyahu. That's a big one. Then Turkey recalls its ambassador to Israel, meaning their ambassador they had in Israel. That's been recalled. Turkey's ambassador. Then the son of Netanyahu is under kidnapping threat while hiding in the USA. Then Iran is is recruiting suicide bombers. Well, of course, and I'm sure they have been doing that. Uh, French Jew stabbed at at his home swastika left on the door and then the last one war is a racket for these 25 defense companies it is possibly the oldest and easily the most profitable venture and surely the most vicious it is the only one in which profits are reckoned in dollars and loss of lives so that's something that's always very very good to keep at the forefront of our mindset wars are a racket and they're in it's again it's used to bring in their order whatever order they're trying to bring in out of the chaos and because war is chaos Next report, false flag, red alert. U.S. government ops preparing to carry out acts of terrorism upon America as the COVID psyop and unleashing of the bioweapons was a huge part of World War III. So this ties in the whole COVID-19 vaccination, PCR test, mask wearing, horrible mind control psyop in with what's going on now. And that's why I want to report on it because I did so many reports on that particular subject. While it might be difficult for some and impossible for others to see how the entire COVID event from 2019 onwards is tied directly to World War III, we'll be taking a long look within the story how COVID and the kill shot unleashed directly afterward were not 
only a huge part of the tyrannical globalist plans to soften up the American people for tyranny, but as we're seeing now, not only across the country, but around, around the world as well. A key part of the killing off of the masses that goes along with wars. With the Rasmussen reports releasing on November 2nd, titled Killer Jab, 24% say someone they knew died from the COVID vaccine. A report within which also reported that a whopping 42% of Americans polled would take part in a class action lawsuit against Big Pharma if they could, meaning over the COVID kill shot, 42% of America would take part in a class action suit over the COVID kill shot. And this is a Rasmussen poll, okay? Um... We've warned previously that the globalists who unleash this hell upon planet Earth would not allow themselves to be held accountable for their crimes and instead would unleash Armageddon and burn it all down, which is what they got to do anyway to bring in the New World Order. 24% of people in this poll said they know someone who died from the COVID-19 vaccine. And how many, how many more would know somebody who was horrifically injured from it or is in the verge of dying? I mean, what, what would that percentage be? I mean, they get into all the breakdowns. That was the most important part I wanted to relay to you. But prepare accordingly. Anyone who thinks that this globalist crime cabal that unleashed COVID and the Vax bioweapons upon this planet have any possibility of being held accountable. Oh, they will in hellfire. Oh, they will. It's coming. But especially with the planet nearing the middle of an all-out World War III is gravely mistaken. Uh, so in other words, they'll unleash World War III so that they don't ever have to face any accountability over, because then we'll all be distracted by World War III. And nobody's going to be thinking about the COVID bioweapon and all the atrocities that were committed there. That's the point. As we reported time and time again, while huge numbers of military-aged foreign men from China, all across the Middle East, Mexico, and elsewhere have been flowing across American southern border, we just reported on that, um, it's been an equally large number of American men as well as military-aged men across the planet who have mysteriously died following the COVID injections or are maimed where they're not able to fight anymore. I mean, I can't tell you how many emails I've gotten over the years, and this is before the COVID-19 vaccine, just from listeners who were military-aged men who went into the armed service, got like their 50 vaccines, and they don't have to tell you anything when you go into the military, you're, they're, they're, you're theirs, okay? They can inject whatever they want to inject into you. You're, you're their little science project. And they're totally devastated now. They were just waiting to die, some of these guys. Yeah. And that's just one of the ways our military has killed our own fighting men. Okay, you have depleted uranium. There was a whole documentary on that, uh, on depleted uranium uh, in the Middle East when they were using that. Not to say they're not still, but... Um, I forget the name of it, but yeah, it was, it, I, I talked quite a bit about that. There's, so there's a lot of different ways they've, they've, they've gone about this. Okay. Um, it's almost as if the Vax was purposely created to kill off as many young fighting age men as possible as a huge part of the World War III efforts being undertaken upon America, meaning geld and destroy and take out our own, um, military age fighting men or devastate them at bare minimum with the vaccines and then bring in your 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 masses of these third world people that have an inherent hatred that are all more than willing to to come here to kill us okay so that's what has been done 
Check out the excerpt below from the 2021 story warning that men are being abnormally killed by the COVID compared to women. More men than women die from COVID, according to the Institute's report, published in October before the vaccines were available. Last fall, the Houston Health Department recorded a total of 1,154 deaths, of which 423 were women and 734, I'm sorry, 731 men, 731 were men. So 423 women were killed as opposed to 731 men out of this 1154 deaths this is a difference of 70 they're saying 70 percent okay i think their mass a little bit off there anyway in, in harris county slightly more than 100 more men than women had died out of 756 deaths there is a gap in fatalities but the infection rate was about the same gregory said this is the guy that i think the doctor they were interviewing it wasn't that women weren't getting it. It's just that they weren't dying at the same rate the men were, okay? So were the COVID bioweapons and all the COVID vaxes that have been since fall, what about the PCR test? That also infects you. And then the masks themselves also infect you with graphene oxide and other stuff I've reported on. Uh, were they specifically created to target young fighting age men for a very specific purpose to kill off such potential fighters long before the full-scale war that have traditionally relied upon such male participants to fight in? Then you have, you have, let's say, maybe our troops being overseas in all of our various and sundry, never-ending military bases. You have all of our, tons of our military fighting age men being there, not here to defend the homeland. Okay. Then you have those that are participating in whatever they are in Ukraine. You also have a big gigantic troop buildup from what I've been seeing of our own troops going over to the Middle East to get ready to fight in that World War III scenario. And every time you have more of them go, then you have less here to fight to defend the homeland. And that's what they want to do. They want us to be as defenseless as possible because they know they're not going to really be able to, to go gun uh, door uh, uh door-to-door -door gun confiscation unless they've got every single thing in their favor because we're like the largest standing army on the planet if you look at all the people that own firearms in america again i don't want to get too far off the lord jesus christ is in control we rely upon him you pray for him for wisdom knowledge understanding the angel of the lord encampeth around about them that fear him and delivereth them those are the bible verses we need to kind of focus on so i always want to interject that as well um according to hezbollah chief and secretary general hassan nasrallah as what was reported in the new zero hedge story the usa is directly responsible for what he calls the gazan atrocities and will soon pay a heavy price so that's the the chief hezbollah guy okay he's saying we will soon pay a heavy price and while the Zero Hedge story emphasizes that this was not a declaration of war speech, as many had expected from him. It was nonetheless full of threats and ultra-provocative and heated words. Um, as the story pointed out, Hassan claimed we have to be ready and present for all future possibilities, including massive terrorist attacks upon the U.S. soil, according to the FBI. So that's what they're planning. It's what I've been saying for many, many years and me and a lot of other people. Uh, with the Pentagon and the globalists loving their false flag terrorist events proven in the entry for Operation Northwoods, and this is a great example of one example of what our own government's done to us in the past, let this sink in a moment before our conclusion. Operation Northwoods was a proposed false flag operation that originated within the U.S. Department of Defense of the United States government in 1962. 
The proposals called for CIA, CIA operatives to both stage and commit acts of terrorism against American military and civilian targets, blaming them on the Cuban government and using it to justify a war against Cuba. The possibilities detailed in the document include the remote control of civilian aircraft, which would be secretly repainted as the U.S. Air Force plane, a fabricated shootdown of all U.S. Force fighter aircraft off the coast of Cuba, the possible assassination of Cuban immigrants, sinking boats of Cuban refugees on high seas, and blowing up a U.S. ship, and orchestrating terrorism in the United States cities. The proposals were evidently presented to President John F. Kennedy, and he rejected them. It wasn't too long after that, he was killed. Fidel Castro had taken power in Cuba in 1959 and began allowing communists into the new Cuban government, nationalizing U.S. businesses, and improving relations with the Soviet Union, arousing the concern of the U.S. military due to the Cold War. The operation proposed creating public support for a war against Cuba by blaming the Cuban government for terrorist acts that would be perpetuated by the U.S. government. So we're going to blame them for things we're doing. Okay. Nothing's really changed. To this end, Operation Northwood's proposals recommended hijackings and bombings, followed by the introduction of false evidence that would implicate the Cuban government. Specifically, it stated the desired result from the execution of this plan would be to place the United States in the apparent position of suffering defensible grievances from a rash and irresponsible government of Cuba and to develop an international image of a Cuban threat to peace in the Western Hemisphere. With Operation Northwoods proving beyond a shadow of a doubt that the U.S. military and the United States government operatives were more than happy to carry out terrorism upon America and blame that terror upon others, we find it was not just a coincidence that the U.S. President John F. Kennedy was assassinated soon after he rejected those proposals. So again, and again, then we have 9-11. Synthetic terror, there's a whole little graphic here about that. Um... I've done several teachings on 9-11. You can just key in 9-11, false flag. You can find those at contendingfortruth.com. Um, that's just so bad. I mean, just total false flag. Um, so with everything spiraling completely out of control, as we rush toward nuclear Armageddon and the globalists way, are way behind on their goals of depopulating the planet, we urge that those globalists inhabiting Washington, D.C., and worldwide to begin that process of depopulation with themselves. But, you know, that's not going to happen. Showing the rest of us how it's done. <laughs> uh, then letting us decide if we want to go along with their satanic plans. Obviously, this is all sarcastic. Short of that, thank God for the Second Amendment. Next report. Hamas leader. Um, the Hamas leader, Ishmael Hanayeh, called for the Palestinian civilians to die in Israel strikes against Hamas terrorist attacks inside of Gaza. Uh, he's calling for them to die. The remarks come as the Hamas commits war crimes by using civilians as human shields, which they've done for decades and decades and decades. Okay. Or they'll hide all their munitions in like a place like a hospital or an orphanage or a church and then expect no repercussions from that. They want that to be bombed. They want to use innocent people as human shields. This is how they operate. This is how satanic and wicked and evil they are. Does that mean I think that the Israeli government, particularly at the top, is some a bunch of uh, little boat peeps that are puritanical? No, it doesn't mean that at all. They did stand down. But this is 
it wouldn't matter if Israel was attacking them. Anybody that's attacking them that they would perceive as their enemy, they would probably do the same thing. And they're doing it to get a photo op. They're doing it to get sympathy from the world. Oh, look, they did this to us. They did that. I'm not saying there's not atrocities going on in Gaza. But are you going to trust the the um, PLO, the Palestinians, the Hamas, essentially, to give you a fair appraisal of what's really going on there when these demon-possessed, the toenail devils are the ones that use humans and babies as human shields? You're, you're going to trust them? I'm just saying. So, um, going further here, the remarks come as Hamas commits war crimes by using civilians as human shields and lies about the events that are unfolding during the three-week war, including his false claims that Israel bombed a hospital. I just got into that last week. It was the parking lot. Okay, and, and there was, I gave you even screenshots of what actually happened there. The Middle East Research Institute, or MEMRI, captured remarks that this Hamas leader, Hanaye, made during an address on Thursday. In his own words, Hamas leader Ismail Hanaye, from the comfort of his home in Qatar, said, quote, We need the blood of women, children, and the elderly of Gaza so as to awaken our revolutionary spirit. So they want as many women, children, and elderly killed so they'll have their photo op so that they can go to the international community and say, look at what is being done to us. How dare... And they're not letting them flee. A lot of them aren't. I understand Egypt's not letting them in because they don't want the Palestinians. And we're going to get into that next. Okay? I mean, Israel did tell them, you need to get move out of these areas. We're going to be coming in. We're going to be bombing these areas. Okay? But... Hamas, I'm sure, is keeping as many of them, women, children, and these types of people in those areas so that when these areas do get bombed, then they can say, oh, look, look what happened, even though they're doing that. They're keeping them there. And they have an absolute total history of you using the innocent as human shields. Listen to this vile terrorist scum sacrifice his own people while living in the lap of luxury. And there's the there's a little video if you want to hear him say this. Um, Israel strikes... Israel's strikes in Gaza come after Hamas terrorists massacred more than 1,400 Israelis and wounded 5,200 more. Again, it's after they stood down. It is, okay, by design on purpose, but then that would create the outrage. They needed that Pearl Harbor for the pretext to go into Gaza and do what they're doing. Okay, so I'm not saying either side's puritanical. Um, and then they took, obviously, the Gazans, uh, the um, Hamas took hundreds of hostages when they went into Israel during an unprecedented terror attack, children were beheaded. I get, I even showed you the videos. The I, I played the, the clips over there of, of, of videos Hamas released where they were showing this stuff. <laughs> um, children were beheaded, babies burned alive, and women raped so violently that their dead bodies were discovered to have broken pelvises. These people are animals. Okay? In fact, I don't want to call them animals because... I like animals. That I'm just saying that expression, though. They're demon-possessed vessels of Satan. Okay, that would be a better term here. So then we go further. Here's why no Muslim-majority nations want Palestinians in their countries. Out of 22 Arab countries, why is it that not one of them wants any of the Palestinians? Why is that? So it shows a little cartoon here, and it shows a guy, and it... And it the context is the Middle East and it shows him and he's holding up all these different 22 nations behind him. It's like this big rock with different flags of different Islamic nations. Okay. He's holding that up and he's talking to the Palestinian in front of him 
And he says, we stand with you. Just keep your distance. And the Palestinian terrorist PLO guy or the um, Hamas guy has literal babies strapped to him um, because it's like a human shield. And they're like, well, we, we stand with you. Just keep your distance. We don't want anything to really do with you. We'll use you in whatever way, we, you know, maybe to bring us into World War III or, or as a pretext to do whatever we're going to do. But, you know, we don't want you in our country, though. Okay. There are 22 Arab countries on this planet, and it appears that right now that not one of them wants any of the Palestinians. Why is that? What is about the Palestinians that make all their so-called brethren, their Muslim brethren, okay, avoid them like the plague? Why is it that absolutely none of the Arab country brothers want anything to do with them? Well, let's listen to this little video here. We'll learn a little bit more in the next two videos about this whole particular subject. Why aren't more Arab countries in the Middle East taking in Palestinian refugees? The onset of a renewed war between Israel and Hamas has led to fears that millions of Palestinian people living in the Gaza Strip may be forced to become refugees. But despite the fact that Gaza shares a border with Egypt, the Egyptian government almost immediately ruled out any possibility of accepting Palestinian refugees. In fact, Egypt is currently constructing an even larger border wall with Gaza than the one it currently has in place. Now, many outside observers have asked why Egypt, a majority Arab and Islamic nation, would turn away the Palestinian people. And of course, many have pointed out that it may serve the political interests of many Arab nations to refuse to accept Palestinian refugees because it allows them to then blame Israel for any sort of humanitarian crisis that unfolds. But the thing is, historically, many Arab nations have accepted Palestinian refugees. And that may be why Egypt doesn't want to now. For example, in 1991, the Kuwaiti government actually expelled nearly 300,000 Palestinians in the aftermath of the first Gulf War. And this represented an astonishing 18% of Kuwait's entire population. So what was the reason? Well, the Palestinian Liberation Organization had actually supported Saddam Hussein's invasion of Kuwait a year earlier. And this support only grew after Iraq began attacking Israel with rockets throughout the war. After Kuwait's liberation, the government considered much of the Palestinian community to be complicit in the Iraqi occupation of their country. And in response, nearly all Palestinians were deported in just a few months. And this wasn't the first time something like this had happened. Decades earlier, the Palestinian groups operating in Jordan had come to openly call for the overthrow of Jordan's monarchy in the aftermath of the Six-Day War. At the time, the PLO maintained its own separate army on Jordanian soil and used that armed force to sow chaos. Armed gangs of PLO militants drove around the capital of Amman, robbing families and businesses in the name of collecting financial assistance for the ongoing war of attrition against Israel. When members of the Jordanian police and army tried to defend their citizens from these attacks, they were attacked and killed. The Palestinian political- So the Palestinians, wherever they go, they just spread and sow chaos, even in Muslim nations. Even Muslim nations, they're like, these these people are so insane. You would think they could get common ground. I mean, they supposedly, don't they read the same Quran? And the it, they're a whole different bunch of cats. <laughs> they're, they're like extra special, these Palestinians. for the mo And I'm not saying every single person there's like wicked and evil. I'm just saying that for the most part, they're different. They're a different breed. And even other Muslim nations don't want anything to do with them. That's the whole point here. Network operate as a state within a state with militants repeatedly using... I mean, it's fine for them to have launched the over 100,000 rockets they have launched into Israel for decades and decades 
and decades. That's fine. We can't say a word about any of that. You know, we, we, we can't ever do anything or say anything about that. That is perfectly fine. And this is the whole thing I try to point out with the hypocrisy of this whole thing is, is how they're given this Islam in general is given this free pass in, in the, because they're so much in line and lockstep with Satan really. And so they're given, you know, all these advantages in this, free, these free passes and this wonderful press, press clippings that because they are so wicked and because they are so evil. And this is, this has gone on for a very long time. Jordan to launch rockets into Israel. The Marxist-Leninist popular front for the liberation of Palestine even went so far as to hijack multiple planes, diverting the flights to a Palestinian-controlled airfield in Jordan where the passengers were held hostage. By September 1970, the Jordanian army had finally had enough. A full-scale war with the PLO broke out, and after 10 months of fighting, the Palestinians were driven out of and the And again, the PLO is essentially Hamas. And, and again, Israel was the one that started the PLO. Or Hamas, I'm sorry, Hamas. And I had a listener the other day tell me um, that if you're an Israeli living in Israel, if you if you say that, if you state that fact, even though it's a, it's an absolute well-known thing. I mean, I played you the clip from Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul, and Congressman Ron Paul at the time, his dad, where they talked about this openly, you know, in front of the Senate, in front of the Congress, that, yeah, I mean... Israel formed Hamas, but again, it's always about they're creating the problem. They're they're funding the problem. You can control it if you created it. If you funded it, then you have a, a better means to control that and to use it for whatever means. And it's always about problem, reaction, solution. It's always about order out of chaos. It's always about right, left, Coke, Pepsi. Okay, so this is it's been a mess, and it's been a mess by design for a very long time. Yet, as a parting gift, a Palestinian terrorist group known as Black September assassinated the Jordanian Prime Minister. Sadly, the story doesn't end there. Because the PLO then moved into Lebanon, where they allied themselves with Marxist and socialist movements that were seeking to overthrow Lebanon's conservative Maronite Christian government. The presence of thousands of Palestinian militants flooding into the country completely destabilized Lebanon and plunged the entire nation into chaos. Less than four years after the PLO was expelled from Jordan, Lebanon found itself in the middle of one of the most bloody and chaotic civil wars in Middle Eastern I history. I mean, these people are savages, in other words. The, wherever the Palestinians go, it's just savagery. And it's even Muslim countries that they're committing this destabilization, this savagery, this evil that they perpetuate. From which it has never fully recovered. In short, Palestinian organizations have not just attacked Israel. They have sowed unrest in many of the neighboring Arab and Muslim countries as well. And this has led those governments to the conclusion that allowing for mass immigration or even just refugee camp resettlement within their borders would lead to domestic unrest for their own countries. And this, of course, only exacerbates the humanitarian crisis for those Palestinian non-combatants caught in the middle. The problem is, as long as terrorist organizations like Hamas and others are elected to represent the Palestinian people, their plight will most likely continue, as neither Israel nor apparently the surrounding Arab nations want to see their own populations threatened by terrorist groups. Okay, so we have that, and that's a good little synopsis of things. Now, what we're going to do, and I, I know I've gotten to this subject one other time, and... 
it's this is about 20 minutes a little over 20 minutes it's the documented history and truth about palestine in modern day israel so if you want to know about going all the way back to israel's formation and what led up to where we are right now so you have a better perspective this is a really good historical video that documents all this stuff israel is once again at war for survival after 50 years but then again, Israel has never really been out of conflict. Since its inception as a nation in 1948, its Arab neighbors had plotted and attacked it in several high-profile conflicts, such as in 1948, the Six-Day War in 1967, and the Yom Kippur War in 1973. It has been under constant terrorist attacks longer than most of us have been alive. And to be honest... And just it, think how you would feel if you had grown up in a situation like this where you just you're surrounded on all sides you're in a constant terrorist attacks indiscriminate with people that want to kill you and drive you into the sea and annihilate you and subjugate you and this is just your way of life you know so think of how they must feel now again i'm just talking about the rank and file israelis here Israel has not always made the best decisions but then again it is living in a state of survival who and what created the area known as Palestine? Why have the Arabs in the region been so hostile to Israel? Why has there been no solution after all these decades? Hello, I'm Colin Heaton, a veteran of the United States Army and Marine Corps, former history professor, book author, and welcome to this episode of Forgotten History. One of the great hypocrisies of the Muslim and Arab world is their public concern for the Palestinians. The other Arab nations provide no financial support and they have not offered them sanctuary within their borders. Currently, they will not even let them become refugees in their countries. The Jordanians do not want them, the Syrians, and neither does Lebanon. Egypt doesn't want them, Saudi Arabia doesn't want them. None of the Persian Gulf states will accept them. If they solved the Palestinian problem along with Israel, the Islamic terrorists would not have a platform to complain about. However, it is Israel who gives them access to water, electricity, and food, as they have no domestic produce or manufacturing capability, except when it comes to making bombs and short-range rockets with materials and money supplied by Iran. Okay, now did you hear that? I mean, again, you, you, you don't hear anything about this, about what he just said, that Israel gives them this, the Palestinians. Become refugees in their countries. The Jordanians do not want them, the Syrians, and neither does Lebanon. Egypt doesn't want them, Saudi Arabia doesn't want them. And then we just learned in the last video, at least part of the reason why. The Persian Gulf states will accept them. If they solved the Palestinian problem along with Israel, the Islamic terrorists would not have a platform to complain about. Exactly. Yeah. However, it is Israel who gives them access to water, electricity, and food, as they have no domestic produce or manufacturing capability, except when it comes to making bombs and yeah. short-range rockets. So, yeah, they're really good at making bombs and short-range rockets. They're, you know, I'm sure being funded by, you know, 
all type of Islamic groups and <laughs> who knows Israel. Well, again, it is Israel formed Hamas. So again, but you can if you can create your enemy, you can mold how that whole thing works out as well. You can control that that scenario. They would rather control the scenario than not have any control over it. So again, it is complicated. Um, it is wicked. It is evil. The whole situation materials and money supplied by Iran. The UN has never condemned the PLO for their education methods, really indoctrination, where children are taught to hate and kill Jews mm -hmm. at the expense of learning to read and write. Absolutely. They're taught from a lot of times from the womb, from the earliest possible age. Hate, 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 kill, be a suicide bomber, serve a law. You know, you'll be a martyr, you'll get your 72 virgins in, you know, white skin boys, and that's part of the, you know, what they offer them. And that's been that way for hundreds and hundreds of years. The greater ignorance of the situation are those people who believe that Palestine is being subjugated by Israel. First, there is not now, nor has there ever been a Palestinian nation, nor a people known as Palestinians. Right. But previously, in biblical times, there were people known as Philistines. However, Israel was an established kingdom 3,500 years ago, and Jews had been living there for over 5,700 years. Right. The term Palestine was coined by Emperor Hadrian in 132 to 135 AD when he responded to the last great Jewish uprising against Roman occupation called the Bar Kokhba Revolt. He renamed Jerusalem Elia and named the territory of Judea Syria Palestina and slaughtered Jews, scattering many of them to the winds forever, some going to Europe, others to Africa and India. However, some still remained. Okay, now and next what we're going to talk about and I'm going to end this is we're going to talk about the biblical cause for Israel the Israelites' affliction, okay? Because I've done a three-part study on that a long time ago, and that's how I'm going to end everything. Many other conquerors later occupied the area after the Romans, such as the Byzantine Greeks, various Muslim caliphates, including the Ottomans, and then the British after World War I. It was under the Arabs in the 6th century that Jews lost their lands and became a subjugated minority. However, for centuries, the Ottoman Turks also subjugated the Arabs, who were also Muslims. But there was a resurgence of Jews returning to their ancestral homeland in the 1800s. The Muslims living there for centuries had not cultivated the land and left it barren, and the ruling Ottomans allowed it and taxed the Jews. The Jews who came back joined those still there and built farms, tilled and fertilized the land, and turned a barren wasteland into a viable and productive community. They created industries and a prosperous community of that, which drew Arabs from neighboring regions into the area. Now, the Muslims that had been there weren't doing that. They were just, the land was still barren or whatever, which doesn't surprise me, you know, because they're typically, you, you look at Muslim-dominated countries, and they're third world, most of them. I mean, most of them are pretty third world. You know, it's just that mentality, that mindset, that savagery that's baked into their religion. It doesn't produce good fruit began to identify as Palestinians. The Arabs who flooded into the area for... Okay, so hold on, let me just back that one up again, because that was the first mention of that. 
which drew Arabs from neighboring regions into the area, who began to identify as Palestinians. The Arabs who... Because, but they came there because the Jews had come back to their ancestral homeland and were making it and were actually tilling the land and making it productive. And then the Arabs came back because they saw a financial opportunity there um, because of what, you know, Israel was doing. Flooded into the area for over a century through the Ottoman Empire until after World War II, then claimed historic ownership of the region illegitimately. Israel would not become a nation again until 1948, but when it was established, Israel opened up to those Arabs living in what was declared as Palestine, which is simply a geographic region and not a nation, and many Arabs are in fact Israeli citizens. They lived and worked alongside Jews, Israelis, and have no ideological hatred or anti-Jewish indoctrination. Some even served in the Israeli military as they are citizens. The modern crisis was created by both the Balfour Declaration... Okay, but they weren't reading their Quran very close if they were buddy-buddies with the Jews, is all I'm saying. Because the Quran and other un unholy Islamic writings... I mean, if you, I guess if you were a lukewarm Muslim and you were just a Muslim and name only was just lip service, yeah, I can understand that happening. But if you're actually being any kind of... If you're being fundamental to the faith of Islam, it is your duty to wage war, jihad, against the Jews, the Christians, and any really unbeliever who they determine as an infidel. So just bear that in mind as well. I think that's really important. Offering Jews a homeland for their service in World War One, followed by the secret Sykes-Picot Agreement, which created the modern... Okay, and this was Rothschild. Dear, dear Lord Rothschild, I have much pleasure in conveying to you on behalf of His Majesty's government the following declaration of sympathy with Jewish Zionist aspirations, which have been submitted to and approved by the cabinet. His Majesty's government view with favor the establishment in palestine of a national home for the jewish people this is the balfour declaration okay uh and will use their best endeavors to facilitate the achievement of this object it being clearly understood that nothing shall be done which may prejudice the civil and religious rights of the existing non-jewish communities in palestine uh or the rights of political st status enjoined by jews in any other country um so they weren't there they went in even into the balfour uh declaration it says it is clearly understood that nothing shall be done which may prejudice the civil and religious rights of of existing non-jewish communities in palestine so they weren't going in there wanting to wipe all the people that were non-jewish out they weren't like trying to eradicate them or whatever um so anyway this is the actual letter that he's got a screenshot of east drafted by Sir Mark Sykes of England and Francois-Georges Picot of France in 1916, which carved up the Middle East into colonies and mandates for France and Great Britain. In addition, there was an agreement between Sir Henry McMahon, the British High Commissioner in Egypt, and Hussein Ben Ali, who was the Sharif of Mecca. During 1916-17, to 17, Britain clearly agreed to recognize Arab independence if the Arabs helped to defeat the Ottomans. The Arabs were satisfied until they became aware of the Balfour Declaration. The 1917 Balfour Declaration promised British support for a Jewish national home in Palestine, which was not what the Arabs expected or even wanted. Part of the Declaration states, His Majesty's government view with favor the establishment in Palestine of a national home for the Jewish people and will use their best endeavors to facilitate the achievement of this object. 
These conflicting promises remained at the heart of the impasse between two distinct nationalist groups in Mandate Palestine, the Zionists, supporting a Jewish state, and the Arabs, later to be renamed Israelis and Palestinians. The Jews did not get their homeland, and the Arabs did not get their independent nations, with exception to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. These new territories were created out of the remnants of the old Ottoman Empire, excluding the Arabian Peninsula when the war was over. Italy and Imperial Russia also agreed, with the United States giving a quiet nod. The agreement created new colonial spheres of influence that created new borders across the region that had previously been divided along ethnic, linguistic, and religious lines. The borders were technically artificial and not really recognized by the nomadic tribes. It was made official by the former Allied powers with the signing of the San Remo Conference in 1920. Arabs, Jews, and Christians lived in what would become Transjordan, Lebanon, Iraq, and Syria under British and French protection and governance. The Saudis established their own kingdom. The region was divided into Area A and would be under French control, covering modern-day Syria and Lebanon, while Area B would be under British control, which included modern-day Jordan and Iraq, with an international administration managing the area designated as Palestine, effectively a neutral region. However, in 1920, Palestine was effectively transferred to sole British control as mandatory Palestine and governed by their civil administration until 1948, when Arabs attacked Jews in response to the proposed United Nations Declaration of the creation of the Jewish State of Israel. When that occurred, Israel was attacked by all of their Arab neighbors. So, in other words, from the very inception of whenever they were getting a whiff of Israel was going to have their own piece of land, even though this is this tiny, tiny, tiny sliver of land compared to the Middle East. Okay, they started attacking them. So this is when the terror all started against the Israel, the, the Israelites that had come back to their indigenous land and it started way, way back then in the 1920s, you know, just because they didn't want it, just because they didn't think they had a right to that land. And, um, you know. Egypt, Syria, and Jordan with Arab fighters staged in southern Lebanon in what they called the War of Survival and Israel won. But tensions only increased and there were random attacks for many decades afterward. Israel being reborn as a nation is talked about in the Bible. I could do, I've probably done where we talked about that. Israel reborn type thing. Um, and that has to happen in order for the end times to be fulfilled. Book of Daniel, Revelation, Matthew 24, and so on and so on are you know, predicting that exact eventuality. So all these wars Israel has won over the years repelling the Islamic invaders, even though being greatly outnumbered, shows the hand of God upon this. Now, it doesn't mean that I just support anything they do, like John Hagee, and believe that the Israels are just saved because of the blood that comes goes flows through their veins. It's called ethnic salvation. And I'm going to support them wholesale, no matter what they do, even if it's wicked, doesn't mean that but um remember they're not going to get their collective eyes open according to the bible until near till until near the end of the tribulation zechariah 13 
and really Zechariah 12 as well, talks about that. When two-thirds of them will be essentially annihilated of the Jews, but one-third will come through the fire, come through all the trials and tribulations of all the things they're going to have to go through, and they're going to have their eyes open, and they're going to look upon the one they've pierced, meaning Jesus Christ, and they're going to mourn for him as one that mourns for his only begotten son. I just got into those Bible verses and like the, I don't know, it's probably a couple different... Um, teachings below and again if you're not if you're listening to this for the first time i would go back and listen to the last four teachings or when i started talking about this subject at least i don't know three four weeks ago and then progress to this study because i get into all the bible verses i'm not going to recover all of that okay but i've built upon those studies and then studies i've done way way back going back to 2005 that's all been building to this day regarding this particular subject so if you just isolate this one subject and you've never heard any of my other teachings on this well then you know you may not like it very much if you have a certain particular mindset but i'm trying to tell you biblically what the bible says about this situation and god is going to preserve israel they're not going to be destroyed now they may they may they're going to go through a lot of tribulation but they're not going to be wiped off the map there's no bible for it whatsoever um so The Palestinian Liberation Organization was formed in 1964 in Cairo, Egypt, claiming to represent the world's Palestinians, meaning any Arabs who lived in the post-World War I mandated Palestine before Israel was created in 1948. When Israel was created, 750,000 Palestinians became displaced, moving into Jordan, Syria, Egypt, or the surrounding areas, including Lebanon. The argument was well, that they, they you... probably knew that they couldn't peacefully coexist with these people. So it's the same reason they're they're separated from to this day because they cannot peacefully coexist. If the Palestinians were cool, like okay, we can live with you. We you're you're not savages. They're not. Unfortunately, they've wanted to wipe Israel out pretty much from you know you can see all the way back into the 1920s. If they would have just been cool, then Israel would have been like okay, yeah, you can you can live amongst us or whatever. But they weren't. They wanted to destroy them. So they had to separate themselves from Israel because they cannot peacefully coexist with the Palestinians. As you can see, not even Muslim nations that are radical Islamic can even peacefully coexist with the Palestinians. They're a whole other animal. Stole their land to create Israel. When in reality, the Arabs were, in most cases, squatters on land that had been Turkish-controlled territory and then later, British-controlled territory. Exactly. That's the whole point. Oh, they stole the Palestinians' land. No, no, that's actually not the case. I'm going to play this again. Land that had been Turkish-controlled territory, and then later, British-controlled territory. Few people had legitimate deeds to the land they lived on. Few purchased any land, and those who had actual property rights were in fact allowed to remain, but most chose to leave, even though Israel... So they were in fact allowed to remain, the one that had property rights on the area claimed by Israel, but most of them chose to leave. ...invited them to stay. But Israel invited these Palestinians to return and become part of the greater society. Okay, there you go. The 1967 Six-Day War once again brought Egypt, Jordan, Syria, and Arab elements from Lebanon into the fight against Israel. Israel won and secured Sinai, the West Bank, and Gaza. Then in 1973, Israel was involved in the Yom Kippur War against its old enemies, and once again, Israel prevailed. Again, against all odds, 
They win war after war after war, surrounded on all sides by all of these hostile nations that want to wipe them out, all these Islamic hostile nations that want to wipe them off the face of the planet. They're in this tiny little sliver of land. The other the other surrounding areas in the Middle East, I, I gave the stat last week, or I, I gave, gave you the map, it's like hundreds of times or whatever its land mass, with hundreds of times its population. And yet they've still won these wars. Well, it's the hand of God. And I don't I don't mean again that, oh, God is whatever. This it has to be done for these Bible verses to be biblically fulfilled. Blindness in part has happened to Israel. When? Until the fullness of the Gentiles come in. And, you know, we're right in that area where the fullness of the Gentiles come in, going into now and into the tribulation. But their eyes haven't been opened yet. Okay, but those verses will be fulfilled, even though right now Israel is not in alignment with Jesus Christ and they have rejected him. And we're going to talk about that next. The Palestinian Liberation Organization rose to prominence under Yasser Arafat, who became chairman of the PLO's executive committee, holding the title until his death in 2004 and supported by the Arab League. The P Oh, lost my connection there on Israel from its bases in Jordan starting in the late 1960s, but pressure from the UN upon King Hussein forced the PLO to relocate to Lebanon in 1971. However, once again, due to extreme pressure from the Christian government, the PLO leadership moved its bases to Tunisia in 1982, where it remained until relocating to Gaza in 1994. It was during this time that Arafat and others conspired to rewrite the history of the region a false narrative erupted that took root and is still believed today. They claimed that Palestinians had always been there and were then forced out by the Jews. <laughs> Until 1881, when the first again lies. It's just they're rewriting history to to fit their demonic narrative. I, I I read you some of the quotes from Arafat in a recent study how they wanted how he wanted to drive every Jew into the sea and all this other stuff. Anything he ever feigned to do, like they talk about this Nobel Peace Prize, it was all takira. I believe that's what it's called. It's the whole thing in Islam where they can lie to the infidel or the Jew or the Christian or whatever, they can lie to them under Islam in order to advance their agenda. And they do that all the time. Oh, we're we're here for peace. Oh yeah, we're good. Whenever they're in a position of weakness, that is something they can easily do. And then that, what they do is they build their numbers, they breed, they breed, they breed until they get to a point of a position of strength and then they crush their enemies. That's what they do. That's part of their religion. It's called Takira. And they say, and it's it's even in the Quran where it says that that Muhammad was the greatest of all deceivers, and therefore his his uh, followers should be just like Muhammad, the the pedophile Muhammad, the child molester Muhammad that took his, I believe, his first wife Aisha and his favorite wife at the ripe old age of six. She was six years old. They admitted to this. Aisha, that was his favorite wife, but he didn't. He mercifully didn't consummate the marriage supposedly until she was nine good old muhammad the child molester leader of the islamic hordes going there the founder of islam so if the foundations be destroyed what can the righteous do psalm 11 verse 3 it was wicked and corrupt from the very beginning it was based upon a religion that a child molester founded and all of the sick 
twisted sexual stuff they do and sanction in Islam, it's no wonder when you have a child molester founding your black devil death cult. And I got into that in the previous teachings I've done last three or four. Okay, if you want to know more about that. And again, I would start where I start talking about this like three or four weeks ago. If you're not familiar with this and then listen all the way up to this teaching today because it'll make a lot more sense. Contingents of Jews arrived back to the ancestral homelands. No one was living there as the land could not support life. As previously stated, there was no Arab state until after France and Great Britain granted independence to their colonial holdings. But when they did, the Jews were already there. Right. The tensions would grow and continue to grow, and what resulted was the birth of Islamic terrorism, which still exists today. Islamic terrorism... Well, really, that started way back in the 20s when they started revolting against the Jews when they wanted to establish their own homeland. You know? That started way back then. In West Germany during the 1972 Munich Olympics, when Black September, an extremist faction of the Palestinian Liberation Organization, broke into the Israeli athletes' compound, it resulted in the deaths of all 11 Israelis in that building. Israel launched the most widespread terrorist hunt in history, Operation Wrath of God, the covert assassination campaign ordered by Prime Minister Golda Meir. Israeli assassins spanned the globe, hunting down and killing those responsible, and Arafat and the other Arab leaders were outraged. For reference, there were two good films. So Arafat and the other Arab leaders sanction this wholesale slaughter of the Israeli athletes at the Munich Olympics. They, they sanction that, and then when Israel goes and actually fights back and kills the assassins, then the Islamic world is outraged. So again, it's it's just do as I say, not as I do. You know, just it's all the only thing that matters is my narrative. I'm gonna gaslight you over and over and tell you how wonderful Islam is and that it's a religion of peace and that we don't rape goats and that we don't generally mutilate our daughters and that we don't commit tons of acts of terrorism all around the globe on a daily basis. I'm gonna say then none of that exists, even though it's totally documented. We can't talk about that at all though. And then having the mainstream press cover for you constantly over and over and gaslight you into saying, oh, we're a religion of peace, obviously. How dare they? Look at look at the slaughter going on wherever, you know, we're being fought back against. It's just unbelievable. About the same name, the Sword of Gideon, which are highly recommended watching. The other is Munich, starring Eric Bana. In one of the best diplomatic moves in history, President James Earl Carter managed to bring Egyptian President Anwar Sadat and Israeli Prime Minister Menachem Begin together. And in 1978, they signed the Camp David Peace Accords, ending Egypt's aggression toward Israel. The Shiite Islamic terrorist group Hezbollah, or Army of God, was created with Iranian support and funding in Lebanon following the Israeli invasion of that country in 1982 to try and end the 15-year-long civil war, and they waged a 34-day war with Israel in 2006 and afterwards dominated Lebanese politics. Arafat was not satisfied with all the offers the Israelis made, such as territory, integration, and jobs for Arabs. Arafat wanted even more, including Jerusalem as the capital of a new and independent Palestine. I mean, really? In 1980, again, you can't, you can never give Satan enough. They will never ever be. And again, I'm, that doesn't mean I'm giving the wicked Zionist Jews at the top of the, 
Israel food chain, the Kabbalistic loving, Talmud practicing, Illuminati, uh, 13 families of Illuminati. I'm not giving them a pass either. Okay, but you can never give the savage Muslims enough. They will, it's just like I say, it's like a fire. You can't ever throw enough wood on a fire to where the fire says, okay, I've had enough wood. Okay, that's how it is with evil. Okay, and I know you could you could paint the picture of well the Zionistic Jews that are trying to destroy, um, you know basically the Caucasian races and do all the things that they're doing and all the stuff they're doing in Hollywood and, and to destroy and defile America and in Europe. Well, they can't get enough either. Yeah, I would agree with you one hundred percent. I'm not giving either side a pass. I've exposed both sides over and over and over again. Evan, he launched the first intifada uprising against Israeli occupation of the West Bank and Gaza and only ended in 1991. As a result of horrendous terror attacks against Israel and the massive retaliation by the Jewish state, a negotiation was proposed resulting in the Oslo Accords. Arafat signed a series of treaties with Israeli Prime Minister Yitzhak Rabin and the two leaders were jointly awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in 1994. Again, this is Takira. This is basically, oh, Arafat gets the Nobel Prize. Oh, isn't he wonderful? And I, I can give you all the quotes about him, you know, wanting to annihilate Israel, you know, burn him off the map, kill him, drive everybody into the sea. But it's fine. He could do his little photo op here and get the Nobel Prize. And I'm not saying the guy that, you know, he made the peace deal with in Israel was any saint either. Okay. It's just, it's all based on lies. However... Radical idiocy is not exclusive to the Muslim terrorists. On November 4, 1995, at 21.30 local time, at the end of a rally in support of the Oslo Accords at the Kings of Israel Square in Tel Aviv, Rabin was assassinated by an Israeli ultra-nationalist named Yigal Amir. He was radically opposed to Rabin's peace initiative that gave territory to the Palestinians, for which he was awarded a Nobel Peace Prize shared with Arafat particularly the signing of the Oslo Accords. Even with these offers, Arafat still wanted more, knowing he could never get it. He needed the problem to exist to justify his existence. The Oslo Accords established the Palestinian National Authority, laying the groundwork for the PLO to have representation in the United Nations. They were authorized to govern parts of Gaza and the West Bank and created a timetable for Israel to gradually withdraw from those regions. However, peace between the Israelis and Palestinians was short-lived. The second intifada occurred from 2000 to 2005, which saw massive Israeli responses. They bulldozed and razed the homes of known terrorist members, making entire families homeless as collective punishment. Much to the future detriment of the Arabs, or Palestinians if you will, the Sunni Islamist militant group called Hamas won the majority in the Palestinian Legislative Council elections of 2006. Okay, so this enter in finally Hamas. We we went all this way from like the 1800s all the way till 2006 when Hamas again, which was funded founded uh he's not going to get into that, but was basically formed through Israel through their money. And again, we played you the quotes in the of, of Rand Paul and Ron Paul openly saying this, you know, before the U.S. government, that that's the case. You can't say it, though, now. It's revisionist history. You can't say, state those facts anymore. But that's what went on. The result was a major conflict between the ruling Fatah party and Hamas, which led to violence in 2007, 
and Hamas, supported by Iran, defeated Fatah in several small battles. The result was that Fatah controlled the West Bank and Hamas took over Gaza, and in 2014 Hamas and Fatah agreed to a deal that would form a unified national Palestinian government. Hamas has been labeled an international terrorist organization since 1997. Hezbollah has always been on the list. In 2011, the Palestinian Authority applied for full member state status in the UN, which was not approved through the UN General Assembly, who voted to make Palestine a non-member observer state in 2012, with no real power or voting rights as they were not, and still are not today, a nation state. Yet this classification allows the Palestinians to participate in General Assembly debates with the possibility of eventually joining UN agencies, although that does not seem likely given that they are governed by a terrorist organization. In a travesty of logic, and supported in the votes by other nations with questionable human rights records, the PLO did become a member of the International Criminal Court in 2015. This is akin to having Heinrich Himmler and the Gestapo conduct the Nuremberg trials. Mahmoud Abbas serves as the PLO's chairman and president of the Palestinian Authority and is considered relatively moderate and has voiced opposition to violence in past conflicts. Abbas and his party have petitioned the UN for a two-state solution, meaning Palestine would become an independent nation alongside Israel, but it is a controversial plan that Israel and the United States have always opposed for obvious reasons. The demands by the PLO and concessions they expect from Israel will never materialize, and they know it. This is only a ruse to justify continued attacks and hopefully maintain or increase regional Muslim aggression against Israel. Right. It gives them a pretext to just keep launching their rockets over and over, hundreds of thousands over the decades into Israel indiscriminately. That's fine, though. That's fine. That's the, you know, we, you know, we really can't say anything about that. That's their right. They're, they're just angry. They're just mad little Muslims. The current problems today are a re reaction to President Donald Trump initiated the Abraham Accords, bringing Arab nations into coalition with Israel. While Hamas threatens Israel in the West and has recently launched what can only be defined as a suicidal terrorist attack, they are also a threat in the East and the West Bank. However, King Abdullah of Jordan may be able to keep them in check. The greater threat was always Hezbollah, who had the greatest funding and support as well as sanctuary in southern Lebanon. But Hamas received $350 million from Iran, and our government under Biden gave billions to Iran and has not enforced the oil sanctions imposed by the UN and enforced by President Trump, allowing Iran to make several billion dollars a day. Islamic Jihad, while an independent group operating in Gaza and also funded by Iran, is also involved working with Hamas. However, if Iran becomes more directly involved, that will broaden the scope of Israeli military operations, which I will cover in a hypothetical review in the near future. <clears throat> Hezbollah, Hamas, Islamic Jihad, they do not care about the Palestinian people living in harmony with Israel, as no. do Egypt, Jordan, and Saudi Arabia. No, they're cannon fodder. They don't care. They will use them as human shields every single time and then just use that as an excuse to blame the Jews for everything. That's what they do. They've been doing it for decades. They don't care about the Palestinians. 
they only have one psychopathic mission fueled by a misguided, twisted religious fervor, and that is to eradicate, eliminate, and erase the Jewish nation and its people. And ultimately all infidels and Christians in the great Satan America as well. Stateless Islamic terrorists who attacked Israel, a sovereign nation, are not protected under the Geneva or Hague Conventions. In essence, they are walking dead men who forced their populations to suffer the brunt of Israeli retaliation as human shields. Israel has always taken great pains to avoid collateral damage despite what the worldwide liberal Marxist media says, and they warned Hamas to evacuate the civilians. But Hamas has been blocking the refugees trying to flee to Egypt, and Egypt even refused to open the gate to let them in. Right. And it, again, it doesn't mean Israel's innocent and puritanical, and they're, I mean, they did stand down and let this whole thing happen. So, you know, he's obviously, I'm going to kind of interject that into this whole scenario so we have more balance here. So while Israel does its best to have civilians moved out of the future combat zone, Hamas has refused to comply and uses their civilians as human shields. Yes. They and Hezbollah mount their deployable weapon systems at hospitals, daycare centers, schools, right. and other locations that are densely populated by non-combatants. Exactly. They want the collateral damage yes. because it's good press mm -hmm. when they can get it. Exactly. America and Western Europe should be on the alert, as we have all stupidly allowed millions of single military-age males entry into our respective nations. Oh, well, well, I mean, you can call me stupid, but I didn't, I had nothing to do with it, and I've been screaming about it for decades at this point that we shouldn't be doing that. But yes, the government, the thing is, is it's not stupidly, it's by design on purpose. Our government has allowed them in here as a fifth column force to ultimately destroy America whenever they're given the green light. And again, it's, we're closer to that now than ever. Under the current Biden administration, we have over 8 million illegal aliens in the country, of which over 200 have been captured on the terrorist watch list, meaning they're terrorists. And many of these captured men are coming from the areas of concern. Some are known, many are unknown, and thousands from countries on the terrorist watch list are currently residing in your backyard. Yep. So, anyway, that's that only goes about another 30 seconds, but... Uh, I wanted to just give a kind of a history from all the way to the 1800s until now. What is the history of that of of that area um, in light of everything else that we've talked about? Now, the last thing I want to mention is I did a teaching in November 11, 2007 uh, on the biblical cause of Jewish Israel affliction, John Hagee and Christian Zionism, a warning, okay? And... It's a part three teaching. I felt it necessary to do a teaching on the subject of Israel and the reason for her affliction from, from all the way from Babylon to the end of the tribulation. The major cause of Israel's perpetual troubles and afflictions is not external, but internal, i.e. the nation's continue, this nation's continued rejection of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. During the first century, Jesus Christ offered himself as Messiah to Israel. Had they accepted him, they would have had peace with God and with man. The direct consequence of rejecting him was the forfeiting of God's blessings, which included a peaceful existence in their God-given land and in their capital city, Jerusalem. Israel's leaders were and are spiritually blinded and brought and have brought indescribable hardships upon themselves and their followers by rejecting the Prince of Peace. 
At the same time, we as Christians are not to condemn the whole Jewish race for their indiscretions and blame them for every evil that exists today, like some ministries and people tend to do. With this teaching, we will attempt to do uh, is present this complex subject from a biblically balanced perspective, which is what I've tried to do today regarding this whole subject as well. But again, if this is the first teaching you've heard of me, please go back, listen, I don't know, it started like three or four weeks ago where we started talking about this. I hadn't talked about this subject in a long time, and because we could so be on the cusp of World War III, I've really felt that this is something I've kind of set everything else aside, because if this thing kicks off, we're probably not going to have the internet. They're, they're probably going to lock down everything. And to me, this is more of a 900-pound gorilla in the room type issue where I really want to cover it, set set things aside. And um, now, again, there's a ton of other stuff going on right now. But for today, that's all I have for today. And Lord willing, we will see you in the next audio uh, next week. So God bless you, and we will see you then.